When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's your name? Come on! Introduce yourself. My name is... My name is... Paul Tuo. Paul Tuo. Yes, and what do you do? The device in your hand is creating an acoustic corridor so that we can talk. Do you understand? I don't understand. Oh, neither do I. I try never to understand. What the hell are you up to, Matt? It's my party. And all of me is invited. Here! Come! Hello, and welcome to Pull to Open, an ongoing quest to watch all of Doctor Who, the entire television program in random order. I'm Pete Paschal. And I'm Chris Taylor, and uh, Pete and I are in our, what, our fourth year of this adventure? Five, my friend, five. Fifth year crazy don't ask us about season one yeah <laughs> we were a mid-season replacement but this is our fifth year yeah wow that that's it's happening that's insane uh but we've we've been on a random journey that has taken us many interesting places it has well i'll just say this it was partly intended by me that this would replace my watching of uh of doctor who my extracurricular watching of doctor <laughs> that i'd be limited to just uh, you know, whatever the randomizer set us. Um, but that hasn't been the case. And that, that uh, is something oh, the no. randomizer seems to make note of. Uh, it has done in the past, and it's definitely done so again this week. But let's start off. Wait a minute. Have you been cheating on the randomizer? Well, we, talk, we talked about this. <laughs> Pete, we talked about this last week, Pete. <laughs> we talked about this in our session last week. I feel like this is couples therapy with the randomizer. Um, I feel like there are too many randomizers in this marriage. Anyway, why don't we... <laughs> Why don't we start by recapping a little bit about what we've talked about before in this session um, and where we've been on our random journey. Previously on Random Pull to Open, well, our random journey from a few weeks ago, we uh, kicked off, I believe, wasn't that the first one of the new year? The Demons of the Punjab, right? Yeah. That was. So this is all 2024 content I'm talking about here. Demons of the Punjab, we kicked things off with. Very weighty episode. Go back and check it out. There's a lot of good stuff in there about the history of the Indian partition Mm -hmm. and what it meant for the show. Uh, Really, really good stuff. But then we really were so impacted by that. We had to kind of turn our brains off for a little bit, have a little summer blockbuster entertainment, at least how it was in London, 1965, with The Chase. And there was a lot of running around. We were were running away from Daleks. Daleks were running toward us. Some of them were diving in the ocean (laughs) or getting consumed by mushroom things. But we managed to elude them, uh, capture their time ship. And that took us to yet another Dalek episode. It was a third Doctor episode, a Pertwee adventure. You might know as Death to the Daleks. Yeah, one of those, um, I'll just say, uniquely prepositioned titles. Yes. 
uh, which we went into a little bit in that. We did a lot on the Dalek psychology in that we one. That was really uh, surprisingly did. revealing about uh, their feelings and their thoughts. It was revealing about their feelings and thoughts, and for that reason, I think uh, I, I I mentioned this during the podcast last week that I uh, that the friend that I turned Death of the Daleks to. I didn't want that to be sort of the takeaway from what Doctor Who is like. So like you want you want to go uh, new series, like oh let's, let's choose something. So the thoughts and feelings, the inner feelings of the Dalek, is very much dealt with and I always go to it in my head uh, by specifically the Witch's Familiar. Oh wait, whoa, whoa, wait, hold no, on no, no, a no, second. No. I'm saying I said this in the podcast. Like I showed my I showed my friend Death to the Daleks, then I showed my friend the Witch's Familiar, and then where does the randomizer take us? We have come to a Dalek trifecta after the chase and death of the Daleks. We're at series, sorry, series nine, episodes one and two, The Magician's Apprentice and The Witch's Familiar. That's right. This is the randomizer tapping me on the shoulder and saying, hey, buddy, I, I know that you're cheating on me in this uh, in this random adventure that I'm taking you on. I just want you to know <laughs> that I know it. We're going to go to this story that you supposedly haven't watched. Um, but of course I had. So yeah, I was I was ready for Did this. you do it again? I, Did you watch it yet again? No, well, I watched uh, Magician's Apprentice. I, oh, I see. So, yeah. So you did it out of order. I've done it out of order, which is getting even Whoa. more random and timey-wimey with it. Um, and yeah. That's interesting. And I really, I, I didn't watch it again. Like, I, and and also, we talked a lot about these two when we did our uh, show on cold opens. If you remember, we the did. Magician's yes, Apprentice was our number five cold open, and we gave Fitch, which is familiar uh, an honorable mention uh, as well in in its mm-hmm. cold open. So I feel like we've nibbled around the edges of this one a lot. Big time. And man, that randomizer, it's funny. We joke about how the randomizer scares us. And that's like our ongoing thing. It's very, it's featured in our bingo card. But uh, I was listening to our previous podcast, actually in the car. I did a lot of driving this weekend with my kids and they were in the car listening as well. And Grace was like, wait a minute, because you, you talk about which is familiar in yeah. there. And like, like, wait a minute, didn't you just watch that one? And Fred's like, yeah. <laughs> so I did. And they were like, now they're scared of the randomizer. <laughs> <laughs> we have new adherents to the cult of being scared of the randomizer. I feel like this this is a very Doctor Who moment. You know, I, I, I decided uh, uh, quite quite a while back that if it turns out that the very last thing that the randomizer chooses is the episode before pyramid of the earth lie of the land i can extremis extremis yeah where it turns out that random numbers are are not actually random because the universe is simulated right mm. if that's the randomizer's yeah. last choice then i i think we have to <laughs> seriously look around at the universe we're in my friend that episode is to the randomizer what captain jack is to the tardis so <laughs> it's just running as far as it can from extremis um although this one's pretty close well folks uh you can of course get pretty close uh here not just to us but to this podcast and that is if you follow us on youtube one of the places where so many of you are and we really like the conversation uh we're at youtube.com slash pull to open but if you follow us there we are now offering a membership you can if you so choose, become a true companion of Pull to Open. 
Uh, all you have to do is uh, just pledge a monthly fee of about $7.99. It's a great way to show your support for the podcast. And not only will you have that feeling in your heart, which if you are in a tank-like casing might come out as exterminate, mm. uh, but for us, we know it's love. And you won't just get that feeling. You will also get this podcast a uh, day early. Everyone else gets it on Saturday, you will get it on Friday. You will be a pull-to-open hipster ahead of the game, yeah. uh, and you will be able to rewrite time before it exists for everyone else. So a uh, little bonus for you there, True Companions. I mean, if you two are scared of the randomizer you, you and you feel the need to worship it, uh, you could look on it as a tithe. Uh, that, that's mm. one, one way of approaching this. Um, but you can also, if, if you're really super hyper scared of the randomizer, Go all the way into this and become a Viscount. That's right. That's the advanced level. Yeah. The, the Viscount Banger, of course, is our highest rating. Uh, but if you if you contribute at the Viscount level, you might even get to be on this very screen. That's right. This one right now, we, we would part at this very moment. You would appear in the center. Um, and yeah, that's that's what the Viscount Bangers get. Yeah, and you could comment on an episode of this uh, program we call Doctor Who and uh, join us for a whole commentary. It's amazing. So, yeah, go ahead, check it out. Perhaps be a Viscount, but a true companion, we would be forever grateful. All right, folks, we are going to have our commentary on this uh, amazing Dalek two-parter in a little bit. But before we do that, you know what's happening next. It is, of course, the Humoji Challenge. Oh, boy. Oh, it's time. I can never. So there have been a couple of couple of challenging ones lately for our contestant, uh, the one and only Chris Taylor and reigning champion or slash dunce. Help, help. I'm trapped in a contestant booth and they won't let me out. <laughs> yes, reigning dunce. But, I'll take that one. But we got a new emoji challenge. So we got had a bunch of good ones from Bob, a longtime friend of the pod. Some of them were a little challenging, some more than others. But we have a new submission from a uh, first-time Humoji submitter, long-time listener, I hope. And it's from someone named Nick. Uh, and they submitted to this on, I think, Twitter. It might have been Instagram. Instagram, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, but what it says here. <laughs> it's what it said there. I think that's the old note. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> well, wherever you are on the social media. Wherever you are, Nick. Thank you for, uh, for torturing me. We're doing your emoji right now. Okay, so, sir, are you ready? Doesn't matter. I don't care what your answer is. It's (laughs) two emojis. All right, and this is a Doctor Who title, just in case uh, someone's coming fresh to this podcast. This is one of the 300 or so Doctor Who titles out there in the form of an emoji. Uh, Pete is going to tell me what those emoji are right now. Yeah, and then I'll actually drop them in the chat right away so we don't have another uh, repeat of the Curse of the Black Spot. (laughs) So first emoji... Angel face, okay. which is to say, face with a uh, halo around it. Okay. Second emoji, a cruise ship. Okay. That is it. Oh, well, this has got to be Voyage of the Damned. It's Voyage of the Damned. <laughs> See, the thing is, I couldn't just say boat because there's a sailboat. Mm. emoji you know what i mean like i had to say it was a ship i probably shouldn't have said cruise ship 
But then ship could be a lot of different things. I don't know. It's too obvious. I didn't but, even, yeah, I didn't even go for angels take Manhattan or, you know, any, any angel-related story. I just remember mm. angelic robots um, from Starship Titanic. There it is. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nick. Good one. We needed uh, a palate cleanser after yeah. those <laughs> challenging ones quick, quick side from the past couple of weeks. Cleanser. Have we not already done this one? Well, we might have. If we did, uh, it's probably a different emoji. Um, All right. But it's good times. There are many ways to interpret uh, Voyage of the Damned. I th- it was different emoji. That's, that's, that's what I know. So, you know, maybe maybe challenging me to uh, uh, think of... Oh, yeah. I remember we did that one because that one had a little, like, balacavalada in it. Yeah, yeah. That was good times. Yes. Yes, it is. But you know what? We, we should allow multiple interpretations because otherwise, as we get to the end of the, the potential humojis, uh, it's going to be more and more clear which one they are, right? So you got to keep me guessing. Yeah. Or whichever contestant you trap in this booth next. Um, exactly. Yeah. And then we can sort of have people vote on the best one. We could even have yeah. other polls to open. Indeed. But that speaking of is, voting, of course, speaking of <laughs> polls. Next- if you're on Spotify, you can see at the bottom of the screen there's a poll. Yes, poll to open. Pull it up. You can rate the show right now. You, if you are just itching to rate Magician's Apprentice and Witches Familiar, I've said them in the right order, um, then you can do so right <laughs> now. You said them, you know, the title's wrong. Well, yeah, Witches Apprentice and Magician's Familiar is basically what I'm sure I'm going to say by the end of the show. So add that to your bingo card. Um, but yeah, you uh, you can go into all of our episodes because those polls stay open. Uh, if you're in line, stay in line and rate those stories. And we have some results uh, from The Chase. Oh, we uh, do. We do, yes. <laughs> Let me grab the results from The Chase. Just to catch you up, by the way, Viscount Bangers, we mentioned the top rating. Next is The Dalek uh, for just a good episode of Doctor Who. Professor ate a good episode, but you know, bad episode, but you learned something. An ogre on a truly irredeemably bad episode. Lady Cassandra, if it was just pretty, uh, and uh, paper thin plot. Uh, and then we've, we've got another one fixed point in time. That's the one. That's what we have. That was my rating for the chase. Yeah. It was one of your, mm. one of, one of those rare fixed points in time. And, uh, and we do have a certain subset of the audience that agree with yeah. you, but unfortunately more of them agreed with me. That's true. Well, you you had your rating was an average, so your average rating was Professor Hater. That's right. Although you this you decided to rate every episode separately of this six episode adventure. I did, and as I recall, there were no Viscount bangers, though there were a lot of Ogrons. There, yeah. I mean, there was like a a half banger or something at some stage, but yeah, it was a hater. So we we got uh, the the haters won. Yes. Haters win, though there were some people did like it uh, as a Dalek. I definitely see that. I enjoy it. I probably would have rated it that if I didn't realize it and my moment of self-awareness. It was mostly out of nostalgia, which is exactly why we created the rating fixed point in time. Though some people also, we had a roughly the same amount on Viscount Banger, fixed point in time, and Lady Cassandra, which hmm. is interesting. Lady Cassandra, of course, is like paper thin plot. Looks good. Um, yeah, you know, like, I mean, all those mechanoids, they look all right. Yeah, I guess that there are things to like about the chase, the visuals of the Beatles. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can get that copy. <laughs> exactly. If you're watching in the UK, maybe it's a Lady Cassandra. All right, well, we'll keep voting. You can change the results. You can change time uh, in the 
pull to open, polls to open. So go to Spotify right polls now. Polls can be rewritten. Polls can be rewritten. They are rewritten. There are still more than 2,000 days left on almost all of our polls. So get in line on each of them and make a burner account so that you can vote twice. All right. And also get in line for the beginning of our commentary on oh. this fantastic... Uh, well, I shouldn't betray any rating I'm going to give. Uh, this two-parter in the Capaldi era called uh, The Magician's Apprentice and The Witch is Familiar, which we always begin with our quick-as-a-bunny <laughs> plot summary, uh, which we call TLDW, Too Long Didn't Watch, Too Long Doctor Who, and for every New Who episode, we allocate one minute, which means you, you sir, you, Chris Taylor, mm. have a full two minutes to summarize this story just as i did last week with death to the daleks that's right but but yeah. less went on i think it's fair to say in death of the daleks that then goes on in this so well we've talked about this before about the general pace of classic who versus new who mm. and new who can definitely have a lot more going on uh to go over so there's there's seems like there's more rabbit holes you can sort of fall down totally i mean uh, I, you know, into the sewers and then the lay a victim to some half dead dollars is one such rabbit hole so i'm gonna try to not describe what he looks like remember that <laughs> all right all right if you are ready we will begin the official pull to open summary of the magician's apprentice and the witch is familiar in three two one go there's a boy and he's trying to escape a war and he gets trapped in a field of handmines and he kills one of the people he's with. But there's the doctor. He's going to save him. But what's the doctor upset about? The fact that the boy's name is Davros. So he leaves. And then uh, cut to the present day and all over the universe. Guy then calling his half searching for the doctor. And uh, and he says uh, Davros is remembered. And uh, uh, Missy gets Clara's attention back on Earth by stopping the planes. And uh, they, they meet. And uh, Missy and Clara... Clara, uh, go after the doctor because he's left a confession dial, which means he says he's thirty seconds. Guy. Um, so anyway, they they both they all go off with Colony Saf, who takes them to uh, a, what looks like a prison in space, but turns out to be the top of a tower on Scaro. And it looks like Missy and Clara have been destroyed, but they haven't. They're, they're now outside the city. They go and attack the Daleks with the pointy stick. They go in through the sewers. Uh, the sewers are alive. They're filled with uh, dead Daleks who uh, come alive because the Doctor is there. And after a lot of shenanigans, he sits down with Davros, who says he's about to die. So the Doctor gives him a bit of regeneration energy. And now was Davros' evil plot. Um, One minute. But uh, but that uh, but the doctor was was in with the evil plot and he expected it. So after after that sort of tear jerking scene uh, where Davros says he's about to die, which was the thing that I should have mentioned at the start that Davros uh, that Colony Self wants to say to the doctor, so the doctor agrees to go with him uh, on that reason. And uh, anyway, the regeneration energy was all part of a plot by the doctor who wanted to just uh, spread a bit of himself throughout all all of the Daleks, uh, including the Daleks in the sewers that were minute thirty Missy and. And Clara and Clara got inside a Dalek, and and we discover how Daleks work. Um, and uh, and then uh, Missy tries to make the Doctor kill Clara, the Dalek. Uh, but uh, the Doctor figures out that a Dalek shouldn't ask for mercy. And anyway, and it turns out that he's sort of injected this little bit of mercy by uh, going back and uh, saving uh, Boy Davros, even though he's Boy Davros from the field of handmines, um, and not destroying him as we thought at the end of episode and- one. Time and they just go off in the TARDIS. Wow, that was good. <laughs> oh, thank I'm you. impressed. I, it seemed like you were even like stretching it out. I so <laughs> I, for you, like you got reason, to the end around a minute ten. I panicked and thought that 
I had just a minute, and I, which turned out to be the way to go, and like it removed a lot of extraneous. <laughs> Assume stuff. you have half the time. Yeah. Um, so that, were, and then I was able to go back and like, oh yeah, I can fill in all these things that happened along the way. But it's a lot. Oh my goodness. It's a good chunk of stuff. A good chunk of stuff. But it is... And I didn't even mention Clara making out with Jane Austen. <laughs> or the, all the stuff that happens in the, you know, the unit snipers all trained yeah. on Missy and she's all there with her coffee or whatever. Um, yeah, like, uh, you know, uh, a good chunk of stuff hap- stuff happens, but it's, I wouldn't necessarily say linear, but it's about as linear as like a, do- a Doctor Who plot can be. Like, mm. they're, they're here, they sort of have to figure out what's going on. They all come together on Scaro, and then it's all about who's five steps ahead of who and, um, you know, sort of essentially wh- how do we stack the deck so that we end up defeating the Daleks and Davros rather than vice versa. Right. So, yeah, not not too twisty, even though there are plenty of twists for sure. Um, yeah, it's for, for me, it's really a tale of two stories. Um and one yeah. reason why I didn't mind going to the Witch's Familiar first and skipping out on that whole Magician's Apprentice bit is I really, then as now, my opinion has not changed the Magician's Apprentice, which is that it is too much to, for almost anyone's suspension of disbelief. We are hmm. asked that there's just sort of this heavy load that we're being asked to bear and we're being asked to pay attention to so many things after that stellar start of a cold open, which take nothing away from that it really is you know it deserves its number five rating maybe it should be even higher in our in our top 10 cold opens again go back and listen to that episode but mm. after that it just oh my god it's just moffat being and at first like you're on board with moffat like, hand mines great idea steven nice one gold star go to the top of the class and then he's just like, I'm going to pile these things on top of you, and I'm not even going to care about how did Missy die, you know? Yeah. Well, they kind of they, they kind of do that a little bit. I mean, like in which is familiar. Yeah. Yes. So which is familiar yeah. again? Then as now, I love it. Absolutely loved it. Felt that it really kind of gave its ideas a little bit more room to breathe. Um, you know, yeah. had many more great lines. You know, the stakes seem clearer. You know, the doctor was having Davros's chair, which is is just one of those. Oh, it's genius! Beautiful moments, and and where did he get the tea? Is is still yeah. a good question. Um, so, well, yeah, I do, did, I do you, agree did that. You, did you get such a clear division between the two episodes, or is it more? Not really, honestly, because. Yeah. Um, but I do know what you're seeing. Either I know what you're saying, or I had similar uh, feelings based on different stuff in Magician's Apprentice, because they're it's very ambitious in sort of in what it, all the things it's trying to do. Mm. So it's bringing back the Daleks and Davros number one. So it's try, clearly trying to do some kind of epic Dalek story, which is like, okay, we actually haven't had one of those. Mm. Um, I mean, they have them all, you know, all the time, but like the last one before this, I think was into the Dalek, which was deliberately a very sort of small story yeah, and or smaller story with the Daleks. And so, and then if you go back to the Matt Smith ones, like, even though there are Dalek stories, they all feel kind of one-off and, and the Daleks weren't this sort of force that 
they were during the RTD era that was sort of always out there. They were just mm-hmm. kind of brought in, honestly, just for window dressing, it felt like. I always felt like Moffat didn't really like the Daleks all that much, which is fine. I mean, I, you know, it's his prerogative. But this seems like this is his his thing. This is his, this is his Dalek epic, right? right. Um, so the, number one, that's it. Then, yes, and not only that, they're bringing back Missy, mm-hmm. all right? And setting up the whole season-long confession dial thing, um, but the biggest the thing, this thing is hybrid thing, right? Yeah. And the yeah, hybrid thing, that too, that. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the biggest thing I think this does, the first part is it reboots Capaldi mm. in a very, maybe not, oh, well, it's a very obvious way. Cause he comes out on a tank with a guitar yes. and he's talking about an ax fight and, you know, yes. by, by the end of which is familiar, he's hugging Clara and, He's not, you know, the whole time he's in this, his, what would become his signature outfit toward the later years, which is sort of that hoodie, um, sunglasses, wilder hair. So he's gone all, you know, bohemian and a little bit feel touchy feely and mm-hmm. just a little more vulnerable, uh, maybe a lot more vulnerable. Yeah. A lot and, of things have changed. The hair has changed. Uh, even the accent has changed. Like he's gone. He's going less Scottish and he's going a bit more Tom Baker. Like he's going over a bit more sort of the Baker style of being talking like this, which he would, would reach its apogee in uh, Heaven Sent, I think. Mm. Kind of, you know, uses that. And maybe it's a deliberate change. Maybe he's just sort of growing into his role of the Doctor and getting further away from being Malcolm Tucker, which is sort of what he feels like in the first season. Yeah. I think he's he's giving himself permission to go big on some lines and some mm. scenes too, right? Which he probably was a little more reluctant to do earlier on. Like even just his reaction to Scarrow, for example. Like he's just freaking out. Like, oh my God, you brought me to Scarrow. Mm. And he's, it's almost like, chill out, dude. You've been here before and, <laughs> and it's going to be all right. Um and w- one of the things I, I don't like about this episode, to be honest with you, and I'm sort of cutting to a little bit of my criti- my central criticisms right away, which is that the twist at the end where he kind of says, well, I was ahead of you all along. I knew what you wanted to get from me. Mm. In my mind, I feel that cheapens a lot of what we saw before, in particular, the exchanges between Davros and the doctor. Yeah. Um, and so I don't I don't like that. Uh, and it just it sort of occurred to me as I was thinking about the Scarrow line, because, again, if the doctor knew he was coming to Scarrow and knew and part of his plan was to revitalize the Daleks and the sewers, um, then then he, he that was all acting, yeah. you know, in addition to all the other stuff. And it's like, I, I don't like that. I want I like that scene and, you know, cutting to sort of the heart of the story in a, a big way between him and Davros. And they share like a, what seems to be a sincere laugh. They do. And s- sincere feelings, you know, about mortality and the coming to the end of, of a journey and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a great scene. It's some of my favorite stuff between the Doctor and Davros. And it's it's all cheapened by the like, uh, I knew you were bad. I see, I see what you mean about that. But honestly, I uh, it's interesting how stories can do this to you sometimes, that you can know exactly what's going to happen. And yet you still can be close to shedding a tear. Right. And mm. for me, that that happens with just how pathetic Davros is. Right. And the where he tries to open his actual eyes. I mean, well, and, he does. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. And he does. And it's it's hard not to feel that. 
and it's hard yeah. not to feel it when they share a laugh and that bit where he says you're we've come to one conclusion you're, you're a very bad doctor uh yeah <laughs> you know and and just that sense of like enemies from across billions of years you know all of that time the doctor and the daleks have fought and and really you know these two guys at the top have more in common than any of the foot soldiers right you know that it just it it, it really pulls at your heartstrings so for me it doesn't weirdly it doesn't take anything away <laughs> knowing that the doc, that it's sort of this weird double cross game like there is some real emotion there and you know even if they're both just playing along and double crossing each other, which I think is kind of a funny reveal for that. Like there's still, they're still both weirdly putting emotion into their act and, uh, and it kind of works. And it's interesting that like, well, maybe I, here's how I had, I had canon it this way that it's the doctor is literally going at the end. Like I meant to do that. Yeah. <laughs> in the way yeah, like sure, you know peewee herman would say right like and it's it's that's more in keeping with the doctor in my mind that he he really just made this up as he went along he really was feeling all those things and then just to make himself look good at the end he said yeah i i knew your plan all along when he really didn't um yeah. and i think what confirms this is that he needs missy to break him out like yeah. if this was your plan like, wh- wh- why was it dependent on Missy, who, you know, you didn't even presumably didn't even know was coming? Well, I guess the confession dial, but also that, you know, she was ostensibly just disintegrated. So, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to gamble, a lot, a lot of things to gamble being five steps ahead on, which I know it's TV, but yeah, um, I like I prefer to think that he just didn't plan much of this and it just sort of turned out good for him yeah exactly rule number one the doctor lies and and yeah we don't know the extent to which he foresaw this and you know it's the doctor he might have gone back and left himself notes uh when he was going back and leaving kid davros um but i like it i mean it's it's a new way like it's surprising how fresh much of this feels especially coming from uh death to the daleks which feels the opposite of fresh it feels like hmm. you know, Terry Nation really just going through the motions and uh, and really tired. And here we are investigating, you know, really two things, uh, the, the, the two beating hearts of the Witcher's Familiar. It's like a Time Lord. It has these moments that are two beating hearts. You know, one, one is the Doctor's relationship with Davros, which we've never really explored uh, to this level before. And I love, by the way, that they do a cut back to uh, uh, Genesis of the Daleks. Like, we actually see a bit of Genesis of the Daleks, which confirms that the Daleks were the cameraman all along. Uh, like, in a, <laughs> he was just using, uh, you know, uh, security footage from Scarrow, apparently. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> why, yeah. why that one was so good. It was actually live. Um, yeah, so... Well, there is, we there's a that. lot of... But yeah. then the other, just to finish that thought, the other beating heart is, is uh, like, just how pathetic it is to be a Dalek, to be inside that casing that we see in that that wonderfully, horribly claustrophobic moment with Clara inside the Dalek. And it just, that is, what a childhood nightmare that is, to to not be understood. Well... It's funny, you, you yeah, the the Dalek stuff in here is interesting, and I give Moffat points for doing most of it. I think there's some problems, particularly with the sewer Daleks, but um, it's funny you said the second heart is that, that, that the, and I think you're right, like the interesting things are Davros, the Daleks, and the Doctor, hmm. but the titles of the episode are ostensibly describing Clara. Yeah. And the other part, of, I thought you were going to say, like the other part is Missy, right? Because- 
really like in yeah. terms of oh, scene stealing moments, <laughs> lines, mm. larger than life performance, like this might be Michelle Gomez as Missy's best performance. I mean, there's a lot to choose from because she does so much and she's really great in almost every episode she's in. Uh, but just all those great lines with her and Clara. And, and I feel, I feel kind of bad for Clara because even though like, again, the titles are about her, like she's really like pushed around, kicked around literally yeah. by Missy and is just kind of this tool that she uses her as eventually ends up in the Dalek, nearly gets the doctor to kill her. Um, and, and at the start of the whole thing, she has to face this truth that Missy kind of matters to the doctor more than her, or at least in a different way that is more eternal, right? Because they're, they're time lords and they're, they're kindred spirits in a way that she can never be. And I feel like that's, that's never really fully explored here. You know, like it's just, we, we were invited to laugh at the things that she deals with and be a little bit scared when she's in the Dalek, but at the end of it, I just feel like, oh, that was that wasn't really a good episode for Clara, was it? She yeah. was just kind of kicked around most of the time. Yeah, I really, I, I sorry, Jenna Coleman. I, I mean, she, you know, she, she is a great actor, and she has some great moments in this. But like, yeah, I, I really did not like Clara in this, and I hated myself at the time for not liking Clara in this because it was kind of almost a political thing. There was we were going through. Oh yeah, a at the period time of Clara hatred. Um, but yeah, it's not great. I didn't like her line about just throwing in a line about Jane Austen. Like when, like uh, you're supposed to be undercover, Clara. Like why, why are you inviting the kids to ask you questions about how Jane Austen, how good a kisser she is? Like, so that line rubbed me the wrong way. Um, yeah, so yeah, I can see that. Her. It's also like setting her up to be the season long arc of her being sort of arrogant and having yes. too much hubris. But yes, true. um, I see, I see the point there. Now she does get to be clever with unit, right? Cause she's a key yes. person that sort of helps put things together. Um, she needs to be the one to talk to Missy kind of makes idiot, a unit look like idiots, right? You know, <laughs> just, this is not a good episode for unit. Um, mm. and they're barely in it and they lose two snipers, uh, that Missy made them bring in the first place. And, and right. it's Clara who sort of teaches them what to look for. Yeah. Uh, well, it's also it's one like of those things when the point of them being there in the first place. Yeah, and I, I well, I guess to give her give her get her the flight <laughs> or whatever, however she got there, uh, which is like come to think of it, how did she get there if all the planes had been stopped? But I guess maybe mm-hmm. they they let them have one. Um, but it is also like that bit where she kills those two guys, those two unit guys. Again, you you really kind of wonder about what what are you doing doctor giving your confession dial to the master even though you sort of get it on a certain level like shouldn't clara be your best friend shouldn't she be the one you're sending that to mm-hmm. like they never quite you know i guess they kind of explain it but they never sort of give clara some kind of emotional payoff where she can be the the center of his life, except when he thinks she's dead. That's the only sort of moment right. where it seems to drive him over the edge and turn him into something really angry and mean, uh, which I think kind of gives him a bit of a free pass for sort of taking the, the wheelchair from Davros, which again, inspired, like just a brilliant, brilliant scene where he comes in and he has the great line of, you know, admit it, you've all had this nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> 
that is that is definitely one scene that improves on on a second viewing and i must say my second viewing of of which is familiar improved a lot one thing that did hang me up if if i'm if i'm to get out my uh, my nerd rage at this is that the is the regeneration energy this is the first time mm, correct yeah. me if i'm wrong that we see the doctor just sort of using regeneration energy as if it's a tap that you can just yeah. turn on on and off uh, I don't think you're wrong. I, I, I think I think you're right. I think we've we've uh, previous to this, the crazy regeneration energy of "Let's Kill Hitler" was as crazy as they got. But that was, um, well, they also did a little bit in in the time of the Doctor, but just like like it's it's, it's like you know bazooka energy that could come out of your hands and stuff. But yeah. that was explicitly in the middle of a regeneration to your point right. like the regeneration energy is triggered and then all the rules go out the window whereas here he's just getting a little bit yeah he's he's he's, in lend, he's lending davros a cup of sugar he's like that's what regeneration energy is now and of course this is sort of you know just a you know uh preview of what we would get next season in uh lie of the land where he uses regeneration energy just as a light show to fake Bill out, right? Uh, to test her loyalty. Um, so apparently, you can do that now. Here's how I'll headcanon this, and I actually just came up with a headcanon as I was saying it just right now. And that is, this is the se- Doctor's second go round of twelve regenerations, right? He that he received in time of the Doctor from Gallifrey. Yeah. It- as far as we know, at this point in the series, yes, we believe he has a new cycle, though then they sort of intrigue you in Hellbent, which we've been to, where Rassilon actually asks him, how many regenerations did we give you? Like, it seems like he doesn't know. It, it, <laughs> arguably, like at that point, it could be even more. Again, this is all pre-Timeless Child, so yeah. which arguably makes it infinite. But yeah, at this point, it, it feels like he only has another 12. Yeah. So maybe when when you you know that's something that came with this delivery new regeneration like he's leveled up and he can now use his uh, his regeneration energy like he he can he doesn't have to do the prefix he can do it a la carte yeah well but even if you allow for that like it's like now he can he can sort of have the new new ability in in addition to the extra cycle surely like the amount of energy that came out of him and into those Daleks wasn't just here's, here's a little bit for you Davros so you can open your eyes, which is ostensibly with what he was trying to do. Right. So the like, I mean, like in other words, like how many incarnations in the, of the future were, were taken hmm. and the, again, like he's the timeless child, apparently uh, again, depending on if you think that was a toy maker plot or not, um, so you could argue he has infinite regeneration energy, but this is also like why the whole climax to me gets a little nonsensical because he, all this regeneration energy comes out that goes in the, to the Daleks, the Daleks reboot, like everyone goes back to their like bio screen right. for a minute and then they start to glow. And are they time Lords now? Like what now? Like, like the thing is, They've just established that originally. Yeah. (laughs) Well, but yeah, but that it's like, we've already just said earlier in the episode, Daleks are very difficult to kill. And if even if they are sort of dying, they just end up being these slimy things. So they already are sort of immortal in a way. Yeah. And you know, like it, it, again, and this is the, one of the parts of the, the, 
the story I hate is is the sewer Daleks because to me they just make no sense. One, they sort of say they're unkillable, which we know isn't true. We just saw one commit suicide in uh, Death of the Daleks, right. and surely tons and tons of Daleks have been destroyed throughout Doctor Who. So what are you talking about? And then these the slime Daleks seem to be more powerful than regular Daleks, and it also seems like. Daleks have never thought about the security problem of having a sort of sub race that hates them right underneath their city. Uh, <laughs> there's just like all these do, things. How many of us do? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, social commentary. Hey, hashtag deep. Um, yeah. Now, okay, we finally found something that we can we can uh, bring up the the uh, required levels of contention uh, for this podcast. Um, <laughs> Super interesting because I disagree with you on the sewer Daleks. I really like them. I really, really like the fact that the sewers themselves are Daleks. That's all that's in the sewer. I like the fact that they're not, you know, there's the distinction between a useful Dalek and a non-useful Dalek. And if you're non-useful, you might as well be dead, but they were, you know, consigned to a fate worse than death uh, in the sewers. Well, it's i'll give you some points some concessions here one it's in keeping with what we saw in the daleks and the dalek invasion of earth to some extent that they use creatures as a natural defense so presumably what the sewer daleks do far being from security problem they they are security feature Hmm. arguably the only problem with that is they don't do anything to missy and clara so, uh, well, how good is this feature, really, if that's one thing? Um, but that could have been a good explanation for it. Uh, but the other thing that I will give a lot of points for is it enables that line from Capaldi, Supreme Dalek, your sewers are revolting. Yes. Uh, great, great line. <laughs> Capaldi amazingly gets away with a lot of dad jokes throughout this, uh, you know, starting with the axe fight, which... <laughs> I think in the hands of a lesser actor, that would have been just so groan-worthy. Your eyes would have rolled so far back in your head that you wouldn't have been able to watch the rest of the episode. Um, but in Capaldi's hands, it works. And and to my mind, it works as a, a whole part of this new loosey-goosey uh, Dr. Disco thing that he's got going mm, on yeah. with the electric guitar. Gotta say, Capaldi's rendition of Pretty Woman... Uh, which is what he does to sort of signal oh, yeah, that he's yeah. Dean, Clara, and Missy. Uh, which I don't know if it's clear which one he's referring to. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's sort of kind of of a piece of this whole question of who's the better friend. Like maybe maybe the master's only the better friend when the master's in female form. We do know the doctor likes uh, lady friends better. Uh, the male friends in general. That's true. That he does seem a little oblivious to River's appearance, though. In <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Husbands of River Song. Like, is, <laughs> is she cute? Is uh, she not? I'm not really sure. Oh, he's decided she's cute by the end. And that's why he wants to spend 28 years in Derillium with her. But uh, but anyway, regardless of all that, Capoli really, really carries off the dad jokes, even though, like, yeah, the whole thing with the Vikings at the start. Oh, oh God. I think, yeah, any other doctor, mm. I would have had an issue with him introducing the word dude several centuries <laughs> earlier. Uh, I just, oh, it just kind of screams to me of like, you know, it being too extra and especially, you know, a British show being too extra. But what is essentially an American word, you know, the American use of dude. Uh, you yeah, know, I liked all that stuff. It's, it's like almost like that whole segment is very Bill and Ted. Like he's, you know, coming out with a guitar. He's, he's got the Sherman tank. He's got, you know, it just, 
it feels you know he's he's thrown away the non-interference thing where well like i said i think mm. i think what's good is that it doesn't begin on that note and you know from the cold open of the first episode mm. that you're in for something deep and dark and this is already sort of counterbalancing that. So I think that's partly because of Capaldi is so great. We like it, but also we know we're going to come back around where we have confidence. This is going to uh, give us something meaty to, to uh, sink our teeth into. And, and it does. There's, um, there's all the stuff in the second episode with him and Davros, uh, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I, I also do like, his uh him when he finally gets clara out of the machine and it's the two of them and you you again like i i thought about the problem with clara and missy less the first time more this time because you know i'm obviously doing a commentary on it and i'm I'm taking it apart more but it does i do like he sort of comes in at the end and it is the one time I will say probably in the entire season that I do like the Sonic sunglasses. I do think they yeah. start out strong yes, because <laughs> it's a good moment where he says it's wearable technology. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you finally get it because that earlier scene with the confession dial and the glasses in one little thing. And he's like, Davros, don't you dare touch that. And he just reaches for the glasses instead. They're my favorite glasses. I forget what the line is, but it's like, he just thinks he's being jokey, but no, it's actually, you know, that's his, his ace in the hole. It was very, very cool. I love it. I love that. I think the, the, the dud line of, which is familiar is not necessarily a dud line in the context of the episode, but it was used for the trailer and it is uh, for the season trailer. It says it's the doctor saying something like same old, same old, you know, just the doctor and Clara Oswald in the TARDIS. You know, mm. when it, when the TARDIS reassembles itself from the HADs, which we haven't even gotten into yet. Um, and, you know, I, so the fact that that was used as the trailer was, was sort of a fingered by Doctor Who magazine at the time as why the viewing figures were a little bit down at the start of the season. Mm. Uh, oh, because they were just saying it's same yeah, old, same, same old. old. Same old. Yeah, you don't need to tune in because it's nothing new. Uh, <laughs> There's why, nothing epic going on here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, why would you say that? Why would you sell your season that way? But anyway, so it's 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 more of a meta reason why that line doesn't work. Uh, but you well, know, I'm I'm amazed that we've gotten this far and not to, sort of humble bragged a little bit about our own personal connections to these stories, which is that we were both writing stories for Mashable about about uh, Doctor Who at this time, at the time that's that's true. Uh, I. Uh, do, I think you also got to do some interviews. I, I was at uh, Comic-Con with uh, Stephen Moffat, and and I got to do my one and only Peter Capaldi interview uh, when when they were promoting this season. Uh, what what else did you... I know we did a ton of stories around this. What else did you do? Well, I actually got a chance to see the premiere. Mm. So they had a premiere in New York City, and oh, Michelle oh, Gomez was, was the please, guest celebrity. The magicians. But well, the, the the ostensibly we were invited to see the season premiere, mm. and then when we were all queuing up to dinner, we were all in the our uh, seats, and uh, Michelle Gomez was on stage, and she was the one who got to give us the news that oh, you're not just seeing episode one, you get to see episode two, uh, and then uh, so you know we thought we were there for an hour, turns out we were there for like two hours which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, they had a quick interview with her. We went right to it. I actually got this hat. 
nice. at that event. <laughs> um, so it was good. And I, I had written up, oh, sorry, I wrote up after this, my spoiler fee free review mm-hmm. of, or more of a preview really of the two parter, uh, in which I basically wrote and did at the time sort of make my peace with Moffat in that he just does whatever. Like he's a very much like continuity ignoring. And I, I was always sort of mad at him for treating the Daleks badly, as I alluded to earlier during the Matt Smith era, like just kind of tossing them in as cameos now and then, even if what they're doing is completely out of character. Mm. Um, so I, I kind of thought he was not the best steward of the, the Daleks and sort of Doctor Who legacy like that. But I, I felt like being able to accept that let you appreciate this episode more. And to sort of elaborate a bit on what I mean by that, this is a, a, a big, we've already talked about a lot of this, but it's a sequel to a lot of episodes in some ways, or a homage, you might say. We mentioned Genesis, the Daleks. Obviously, the Doctor finally gets the opportunity to kill Davros. Um, there's it's a sequel to the Daleks, you know, so it's like it has all it's the same city with all the doors <laughs> that are kind of the same. Like, I actually love that design of the doors that are just kind of like the, the tops a little off, but it's so clearly yeah. like exactly the same from the Daleks. Uh, you have someone climbing inside a Dalek, for, I think for the first time since the Daleks. I mean, I know the doctor technically does it in the, the Space Museum. Museum, but that wasn't like a real Dalek. Mm. <clears throat> um, and the biggest thing was that uh, because this was such made such a big deal about in Matt Smith's uh, season seven with Asylum of the Daleks, they made a huge deal about, oh, you're going to see all different kinds of Daleks, like from the old series and the new series, and they're all going to be in the Asylum. And they might have done that, but they were so like in the distance and like covered in dust, it really didn't matter. And yeah. here they finally do it. They actually make good on that promise finally. And they have all these different Daleks in that Dalek control room. They have gray Daleks and yeah. uh, the Supreme Dalek and the gold Daleks and the original blue dot Daleks. And they're all there. And except for, I will, I will say that the new paradigm Daleks are nowhere to be seen, which is funny, that. kind of a bit of a missed opportunity. Um, but regardless, even though it's neat and it's like, oh, look at all these different kinds of Daleks, nothing's at all made of it. I feel, yeah. I feel like it's, it's, it's just like a gimmick. And while I kind of like, you know, I'm all for gimmicks, it's like, but what does it mean? You know, what do you mean? What does it mean when there's an old Dalek with a brand new Dalek and was one older than the other? And why wouldn't they upgrade the old Dalek to the new Dalek? And I know that's this story is not about that. This is a total fan thing to kind of even worry about, but it is kind of like, I mean, why even bother doing it? It's just, it's just cosmetic. Like you're clearly doing it for the fans. So throw in something more there, you know? Yeah. I got to say, I, I didn't, uh, the, the Dalek control room, it just sort of seemed so obvious that it was this, the, just the same set like you know what doctor who has a long history of like making the same set look different in different scenes don't feel like it did it here and instead it felt like a, a dalek showroom like it, yeah. really, <laughs> it was kind of half expecting sure. a, a used car salesman to walk in at any point and, and just kind of walk up to the camera and be like say anything you like <laughs> You get your deal on a resurrection model and it gets to you wholesale. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got, you know, uh, we got half Daleks as well. Here's, here's a chair with one careful owner. Um, but yeah, also, 
you know, isn't there there's, there's that line where Messi turns to one of the Daleks and says, "You're my favorite. Don't tell the others." I feel that was yeah, <laughs> sort of yeah. tweaking the noses of fans who do prefer a particular kind of Dalek over any other. But yeah, why would you so, have a Dalek control room with with that sort of that level of diversity? Daleks do not do diversity. So there's there's one thing I will say about the diversity. I mean, I, I want to first I want to give sort of a counter example of doing that right. So fans might recognize this name, but it's there's a there's a fan made video called the Dalek that time forgot. And if you look for it on YouTube, um, you can find it. And it's completely fan made, but it it basically has it sort of explains what the new paradigm Daleks are where they came from and they sort of time travel back into the original sort of Daleks and stuff. So that was a really good example. I only hold this up as examples like, Oh, they do all these different types of Daleks. Uh, they do gold Daleks too. And then and who they are and what, why they're all there. And it makes sense that, you know, Oh, if they're going back in time to scar, Oh, they're going to find the blue dot Daleks. So you can, you can do this. In other words, you can do an adventure mm-hmm. with multiple different Dalek types just as they kind of did with multiple different Cybermen types in um, the the Dr. Falls and mm-hmm. have it sort of make sense. You don't have to explain it all. You're just kind of like, oh, I get it. Those are the older ones and these are the newer ones. But to just sort of throw them all in again at, at, a, at a showroom, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. It's <laughs> nice to see, but I wish there was something more there. Um, the other thing I want to say is like the stuff with the Dalek City, I love that it was um, all... Uh, just elaborately designed so that it's almost exactly like the original Dalek city. I even got like the poster here, mm. although I think that's from the Matt Smith one. And you know, this, this great homage to the Daleks, really, really nice, really great um, sort of artistic achievement there. But also I will say this is the one time Moffat actually, I think did a decent job with continuity because all fans know Scar is destroyed in remembrance of the Daleks and it's epic. It's an, a major thing. It's, it's sort of like a canon event if there is one. Right. Mm. Um, but you can't really have Daleks as this force without some kind of home planet. So they do finally clarify in this episode that Scar has been rebuilt. It It's not that the destruction didn't happen, but they've essentially just recreated the planet somehow complete with the city. Don't ask how, but that's what's happened. And I'm cool with that. Uh, and I, I'm grateful that they didn't just sort of say whatever. They didn't just gloss over it because they did gloss over it. And again, in Asylum of the Daleks, they mention it, but there's no explanation of what it is. Here, Missy is genuinely shocked that they brought the planet back, which is like, mm-hmm. great. We finally have a character have that experience and have that line. And fans like me can go like, great, Scarrow's back. We can move on. Thank you for the line. You know, like fans like me were like, was Scarrow destroyed? I I totally <laughs> forgotten about it. Like I I hadn't, you know, I, I dude, it's I, a I, canon event. <laughs> I know. I was much more of a casual fan in my Peter Davison days. So you know, in fact, it's McCoy, all, but that's okay. McCoy, sorry. You know, it's you weren't well, even a fan of your McCoy watching by McCoy. Uh, yeah, sorry, I was thinking about the previous appearances of Davros, but yeah, you know, I I was I didn't know anything about Scarrow being destroyed. I yeah, I, I I'd rage at that point. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, um, no, I'm sorry. I just spoiled you know, remembrance for you. No, well, it, I'm British, so I have to say sorry first. Um. 
Yeah, it's I don't know, and, it, <laughs> and it's so weird so because our myself. our attention at this stage is on Gallifrey, right? Because the Doctor's on this multi-season right. arc to find Gallifrey again. We don't know whether it would turn up in the season or not. Um, you know, we know that there's this hybrid thing. I remember Stephen Moffat getting very upset with me when I said that there was a promise to return to Gallifrey. He said it was not a promise, mate. Um, and uh, so I focused on that. So I was like, oh, Scarrow's back. Okay. I Was it gone? <laughs> I, I must have missed <laughs> that, I guess. Okay. Well, what I really like, again, another good good continuity moment is where Missy at the end says it's, it's go just taps Javros on the shoulder. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I know we're all done here, but you know, it's just a real honor to meet you. Like yeah. I thought that was just awesome. Cause one, it's funny again, Michelle Gomez nails every line, steals every scene. Uh, but it's a good reminder. Like, Oh yeah, they've never met, you know, like they've, they've, they're both these arch nemesis. Cause of course, why would they meet? Why would you have both of them in the same episode? Because then who's in charge of, in terms of the bad guys. And again, leave it to Moffat to sort of weave the tale that sort of makes sense to have them both in it, uh, which is kind of yeah. cool. The closest they'd gotten, I guess was, was frontier and space in which right. remind me Delgado was, work, was working for the Daleks, but yeah, it was working for the, obviously yeah. Davros didn't exist at that point and, you know, retcon did and whatever, but yeah, so we've had several Dalek master plans and masters Dalek plans, but but never an actual moment where the two big bads meet. Right. Yeah. And uh, I don't, there's not a lot, you know, made of it. It's really, you know, the Missy show is the Missy Clara show. The Davros show is the Davros doctor show. So that's all fine. Um, but there is kind of a, so we should, we should loop back to the sort of one of the central parts of this, which is to say the, the stuff in the past of Scaro. And the doctor having that chance to abandon Davros or essentially kill the ruthless dictator as a child, um, which seems to be kind of the central moral dilemma. And it also leads to the cliffhanger scene, right, where he just reappears and you sort of fooled into thinking he's not there to save him because he yells exterminate with the the uh, yeah, yeah, with the Dalek gun. So um, I, I here's the thing. I I like what they did here because I think it's weighty. I think it does well in terms of what the doctor does. Uh, And it fools you enough into thinking he's capable of that murder, right? Because we've we've seen that before, uh, particularly with Davison, where he sort of almost murders Davros in uh, Resurrection of the Daleks. Right. Um, But I like where they take this and he ends up, teaching him mercy and that somehow gets built into the Daleks later. I think that's, that's fine. Um, I do feel like it's apart from the little bit with Clara sort of getting out of the Dalek. It really has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. It feels like, (laughs) like, (laughs) uh, you know, it it just, the, 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 this central morality tale, do you kill the child or do you something else? I'm not sure. Uh, Again, doesn't it's, it's it's just a cute little thing that they put in in this other thing with Missy and and Davros and the Doctor and and Sewer Daleks and whatever else. Um, so I don't know. How did you feel about that? It, it's good that Moffat doesn't draw too much attention to it because it would just be so. When you think about, it, there's no other way it could go. You know, the the Doctor would not, in his Tom Baker incarnation, ha- give us the whole "Have I the right" speech. 
only for his Capaldi incarnation to effectively do something different by right. abandoning Boy Davros. It's basically the same dilemma. The do- we know that it is so central to the Doctor's character that he will just... We know which way he'll jump. So it's, it's I think, wise of him to not draw too much attention to the fact, uh, but just kind of leave it, the, the cold opens and the cliffhangers. You know, just, just leave that boy Davros thing. And then we're in a whole other situation. And the, the whole sense of Davros remembers at the start of Magician's Print is yeah. interesting. And and we do get, we, we haven't mentioned this, like there's that one scene that I'd almost forgotten where uh, you, you see Ohila on, on the planet of Khan of the sisterhood mm-hmm. turns out the doctor is actually there you know that there is an yeah. appearance of the doctor where he just looks so downcast so so what have i done and he's clearly just sort of wrestling with the, the moral yeah. implications of that child um but yeah it's, what did it's, you think? it's worth it for that but <laughs> beyond that you're not going to get much mileage out of it how did you like colony sarf by the way Oh, okay. Now can I talk about Colony Sarf? Okay. Uh, <laughs> like, I was so, so, like, don't talk about Colony Sarf as a snake for some reason. Don't talk about Colony Sarf. Like, that would have bought the me down. The first rule of The Magician's Apprentice is we don't talk about Colony Sarf, <laughs> uh, except we're about to do it right now. Yeah, I think that was just a step too far in like mm. Moffat like raiding his notebooks of like oh we'll have a guy and he's actually a coiled snake or he's actually like seven snakes in a trench coat or you know yeah and, literally yeah more like 700 yeah and at that point you know his he stops writing because the nurse comes in with his medication but it's you know i don't know that you needed that and it sort of seemed like one thing to many especially because he just looks ridiculous on his hoverboard and you can actually see at one point that he's yeah. on a hoverboard that the actor is on a hoverboard so like not a bad idea yeah. for a character but we're just like we are full up in this episode already sorry yeah i'm glad they tried it that's all i'd say about it i think it works for this episode i don't need to see him again um i think there are worse sort of creatures and stuff they've done and one-offs so as a one-off I'm, I'm fine with it i like it because it's it gives you that twist of the snakes in the chair later and the cables which mm. was kind of obvious from the cave when the cable thing and all the colony sarf like you know uh the snakes can come out anytime anywhere um yeah. <laughs> and I, snakes I like in a devros chair <laughs> snakes yeah. tired of these goddamn snakes and my goddamn dalek planet now i like Colony Sarf as an idea, I think that I'm sort of mad that he isn't used more or that he wasn't like put into his own, doesn't get his own comic book, you know, uh, <laughs> his own spin-off, which, which he really could. I like the part where he says we're, we're a democracy. We, we take a vote. Like, mm, yeah, that's kind of that. interesting. Like, actually exactly how it's phrased, but, but Colony Sarf is, is many snakes. Um, and you're sort of, you kind of keep, you want one more scene where he disassembles just to make that a bit clearer. I think um, there are too many scenes where he's just there, obviously one guy with lines across his face. Uh, but yeah, the idea of a, a person who's not a person, but a colony of, of, of snakes and they all have to take votes on things like that's, that's wonderful. You could explore that. Like that would be a Persuade six parter um, hmm. potentially, you know, and it just, it's, it's definitely, they're definitely, moments of Moffat's reign where you're like, okay, you're burning through ideas too fast, Stephen. Calm down. Let's take a <laughs> breath. <laughs> Let's put them all in separate episodes and see which one works. Yeah. The rest you can Switch to some finish. decaf. 
<laughs> I like the idea of a, a Doctor Who episode called I Sarf, though. <laughs> yes. Yes. To go with Idavros. Be all right. Absolutely. By the way, have you listened Our to Idavros? you call us. Sorry, the Davros, the yeah, big finish. Yeah, is that the one? So, is the uh, I've listened to one that I think is either that or so, uh, is it have Colin Baker? Is it is is he basically working with Colin Baker and the the Sixth Doctor? I and they're like have, both I, have an employ the same employer. Then I, I have done that. Mm-hmm. That's actually a really good one. Um, oh yes, and there's flashbacks to Davros uh, as a scientist, and he has yeah. a love interest. Yes, I think that's if I'm thinking of the right one, then I have listened to it. Um, so yeah, there's a whole series. There's uh, there's there's two sets. Uh, one is just oh, I haven't listened to the whole set. I think this yeah. might have been an inspiration for the set then. Yeah, because there was basically there was a period. It's early Big Finish where they do uh, three villains, very villain focused ones. One's called Master, one's called Omega, and one's called Davros, mm. I, as I recall. And okay. so it's not I Davros. I think I Davros came later. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's good I... stuff. I don't know. I Davros, it, it has a 30 year old Davros and it's entirely Davros focused. Um, mm. two seasons All right. Of that. So that's interesting. We'll, we'll add that to the list of big finishes to check out. But before we check it out, we have other well, things that you should check out, <laughs> uh, such as well, you, all of our social medias. Do tell. Where can they, the listeners find us on social media, Chris? Google it. Uh, or you can find us at Pull to Open and Pull to Open 63. Those are the two things to remember. Uh, we're all over the place. We are Pull to Open, just Pull to Open on TikTok and Blue Sky and Pull to Open 63 on all the rest. Don't forget so. to subscribe to our newsletter with full notes on this episode and every other episode that we commentate on. We even have extra stuff that we didn't get to talking about. You can subscribe at pulltoopen.net. And of course, you can also support us at Patreon at patreon.com slash pulltoopen. You want to support us there. We'll make sure you also include it as a true companion on YouTube so you can get the podcast yes. a day early. And if you want to be a true companion without paying the true companion price, you can also just drop us a review and uh, leave a Humoji challenge while you're at it, because you have seen, you have witnessed the pleasure as I internally scream exterminate, and it comes out as bad emoji guesses. Um, so <laughs> yeah, please uh, provide us with more content there. Like, subscribe, smash the bell icon on YouTube. And uh, give us a follow there, even if you've followed us on all the other platforms. And yeah, that's that's about it. So <laughs> that means it's time for us to answer some questions, yeah. and those are, of course, the four questions to Doomsday. First question: Why did the randomizer take us here? Well, it's it's a little too obvious. The randomizer's on a on a Dalek kick. The randomizer really wanted to yep. not let go of its ethical quandaries that it was throwing us, but also not let go of its weird and sometimes potentially silly Daleks um, that it's been on. And it found a way of combining the two. And it wanted to tap me on the shoulder and said, "Hey, I, I see your extracurricular viewing. Let me help you out there." <laughs> nice yeah i didn't have much more than that either it's a dalek hat trick yeah bam 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 chase death of the daleks 
Magician's Apprentice, which is familiar. It's also trying to get us. I know that the death of the Daleks has Daleks in the title, but there aren't that many Dalek episodes without Dalek in the title. And this is yes. one of them. And so is the chase. Yeah. Good point. Do we, So we have a bingo on non on Dalek stories with Dalek not in the title. I don't, I, don't think we have, I don't think I have close to a bingo. Um, well, Cuz you have Space uh, Museum. I yeah. mean again, it's it's more of a cameo, so I don't know if that counts. I've answered my own question. Resolution, definitely a Dalek story doesn't have no. Daleks in the title. So, uh, okay. We'll get there. We'll, <laughs> we'll get, get there. there. But clearly it wants us to get there faster. It kind of likes Missy. We've done Dark Water, Death in Heaven. I feel like we've done three or four other Missies at this stage. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Not from season 10. Yeah, no, we're definitely not a Missy bingo yet, but the uh, randomizer likes Missy. Who doesn't like Missy? Especially this one. Uh, this one is a lot of good Missy. All right, moving on to the second question, which is, what if the evil plot had succeeded? Well, okay. <laughs> so there's, there's either the evil plot is Davros's, or it was the doctors to abandon a child in a field full of handmines. Right, right. So... Let's take those one by one. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> start with Davros. So, Dav- so start with Davros. So Davros gets a, shall we say, crap ton of regeneration energy. Yeah. And presumably Missy is impeded from saving him or really is disintegrated earlier. So he doesn't get saved. And all that regeneration energy gets imparted to the Daleks. And, but that's still, still the sewer Daleks still get it, right? So they still get defeated. I assume, yeah. even though there's no explanation. Like the the reason the sewer Dalek can kill the one with Missy and Clara is because they puncture it. So I don't know why they can now kill the other Daleks without those punctures. I guess because their regeneration energy, they're more powerful, or something. Um, I'm going to suggest but a, I, a slightly more whimsical evil plot for Davros, which is that he's he's going for an egot. Um. Because he really, okay. when you when you when you think that, like basically, he he put that whole scene on. He's acting right throughout that. Ah. It's a really good. Like he should get a space Oscar for that. At the very least. <laughs> you know, at least a nomination. And yeah. you kind of wonder, like, did he did he have rehearsals? Did he have like oh. like no Colony Saf? You sit there. You pretend to be the doctor. Like, let's see if I can work up some tears. You know. You know, this is the point where the Daleks can seemingly just capture anyone they want from time and space. And yeah. so maybe they just got Scorsese, you know, <laughs> or, or and they, he's there on the planet yeah. and he's directing Davros. No, I'm not buying it. You, you've really got to bring out the eyes and you got to get some tears. Can we, can we get yeah. some tears in here? Yeah, you know, you opened your eyes too quickly on that take. Let's really go for it. Like, just lift those. Eyes. They're really heavy. They're heavy. Come on. You want to see the sunrise? Yeah, Scorsese, or maybe whoever the dude was who did the, the method. Like, I feel like Davros was probably yeah. method acting throughout this, like telling all the Daleks he's going to die and like he's super sad and he's, you know, maybe went to therapy as part of his method acting, started to get out some really difficult stuff about his early life. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely needs them to assist, assist, assist. <laughs> where is your where is your production assistant? Um, so all right, enough of that. Ross's evil plot. If if the Doctor's evil plot has succeeded, well, then I guess then the the Dalek wouldn't have said mercy 
or couldn't wouldn't have been capable of saying mercy when Clara was inside it. Uh, well, wouldn't Davros be dead, yeah, and Davros then the Daleks don't get created? <laughs> Although maybe this is sort of puncturing the great man of theory of of history theory, you know, which is that eh, someone would have invented the Mark III travel machines anyway, Abe, or Abe. someone who is not merciful mm-hmm. saves Davros and mm-hmm. teaches him something more, or or he gets out on his own mm-hmm. somehow, and he's and more psychotic. Yeah, and maybe doctor even more. And then just a yeah. doctor when he first sees him. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Genesis <laughs> turns out differently. The Daleks win the time war. And it you should never abandon a child, even if you know they're going to grow up to be a ruthless dictator, I guess is the lesson. That's there. right. The so basically Doctor Who comes down on the side of let's kill Hitler, but let's not kill baby Hitler. <laughs> okay. Important distinction. Very important. Okay. Moving on to the third question, uh, which is an odd question because this is a Clara story. Uh, but the third question is, where is the Clara splinter? Because Clara Oswald was, of course, splintered in time at the end of the name of the Doctor. She's somewhere in every single Doctor Who story. Where is she in The Magician's Apprentice and The Witch's Familiar? Well, I think that there is one essential question that has gone unanswered and we've barely even mentioned it in this podcast so far that we have mentioned it uh and i think it would be in a douglas adams story it would be the most important question which is how did he get the cup of tea ah yeah (laughs) so i think uh clara is either like you know a a dalek uh uh waitress like they've, they've just hired her or she's like inside another dalek Hey, maybe half of these Daleks have got like Clara splinters inside them. And this Dalek is just walking around with a tray with a cup of tea on it. Uh, <laughs> well, they, we know they can Dalek. hold trays. Yes. May even be the uh, same Dalek from the Daleks that offers the Doctor, Nian, and Barbara and Susan fresh organic vegetables. Maybe it's. Well, there's uh, a, I was thinking of uh, Victory of the Daleks where they're literally yes. serving tea. They are <laughs> serving tea. All right. So maybe this is yeah. Victory of the Daleks Dalek with Clara inside it, just off screen. It goes around just offering people tea. Nice. And, yeah. Well, normally other Daleks take it and they're like, thank you. I am parched. That's lovely. <laughs> anyway. Well, I had Clara in uh, the TARDIS uh, or in the TARDIS prior to this. Because someone left the hads on. Yes. And we know the doctor doesn't do that from Wild Blue Yonder. Like he leaves it off. <laughs> yes, apparently we now know. Oh my goodness. So this is this is the first mention of hads since the Crotons? Um, I guess it is. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, Cold War. Cold War. Remember Cold, Cold War. War. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it goes Crotons, Cold War, uh, which is familiar and uh, and then Wild Blue Yonder, right? Those those are the Hads episodes. Yeah, although I think here it's actually given a different name because I believe it okay. was originally called the Hostile Action Defense System. Mm-hmm. And they, here he actually says Hostile Action Dispersal System. Oh. So 
Maybe it's an entirely different Hads yes. <laughs> that had to be turned on. The Type 40 came with both. I think you'll you'll find if you go oh, to the interesting. Type 40. Uh, it was probably one of the reasons why Type 40s were so easily knackered, uh, because they, they were confused about their Hadses, and that just messed everything up. They constantly dispersed all over the place. There's probably tons of dispersed Type 40s that roll around us, and we don't even know it. Yes. Okay, so either it's Time Lady Clara, who we've talked about before, who encouraged the Doctor to get the Type 40 in the first place, um, or it's Dalek Clara serving tea along with her souffle. Well, it's kind of funny that Missy keeps referring to herself as Time Lady in this one. Yes. Which is, you know, it's kind of like a fan term and isn't really said on screen until... I think like not necessarily I think it's probably said before this episode, but she kind of sort of proudly says it, like, you know, she says it's, it's time all... lady. Please, some of us can afford <laughs> the upgrade. Which Oh yes. That is a drop the mic moment for Michelle Gomez. That is one of the best lines I think Moffat has ever given her. It's all right. Those two go together pretty well. Um, okay. We have to move on to the final question. The ultimate question, the only question that matters for the Magician's Apprentice and the Witch's Familiar. What did we think of this story? Bolt open rating system is six ratings. There's the Dalek. Just the Dalek. Not the Special Weapons Dalek. Not the Supreme Dalek. Not the Dalek Emperor. As we wish. Just the Dalek. Mm -hmm. It is what we give to a good episode of Doctor Who. There's the Ogron, which we give to a bad episode of Doctor Who. There's the Professor Hater, which we give to a not-so-good episode of Doctor Who, but at least they tried something. The Viscount Banger, which we reserve for the best of the best. The Fixed Point in Time, which is an episode beyond rating. And the Lady Cassandra, which is a story that is paper-thin on plot, but at least it looks good, especially with a little moisturizing. All right, what do you got here, Chris? So this may be the question that I've I've spent the longest time thinking about. Ever since the randomizer chose this, I was like, what what like it feels really important this time to get it right. And it feels really important because I've I've got a split decision, right? Between, as I've mentioned, between magician and and witch, basically. One okay. I I thought, you know, was the worst of Moffat, one I thought was the best of Moffat. Um and and also at the same time, the first one, like I love that cold open so much. It's one of our top cold opens, and it's part of the episode. So, so here's the split decision I come down with. This this is the hybrid season, so we often have <laughs> hybrids. But I feel like I can pre- be pretty elaborate about my hybrid here. Uh, so this is a <laughs> this is a three quarters something and a one quarter something else. Um, oh wow! I think okay. take you through it chronologically. I believe that Magician's Apprentice is a hater banger hybrid, which is okay. Very rare. But we we did give <laughs> that to Zygon Invasion, Zygon Inversion, um, from from the following Capaldi season. So, but I think this yeah. is better. So I want to put it distinctly better. And also, I think that uh, Witches Familiar is a full on Stone Cold banger. As in, it's just yeah, getting better, really? and better every but... time I watch it, and especially with that cold open, which I I think deserves to be now in, in the top ten of cold opens. Like if we ever revisit our cold open episode, and our <laughs> cold open rankings, I love God, the no. whole thing. <laughs> and then and just I thought 
for two weeks since I watched this about the doctor falling into the pit of the monkey vampires at the end of that little story that Missy delivers when she's doing the sharp and stick thing. So yeah, so that is overall, that's my rating. It's, it's, you know, magician is half, 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 half hater, half banger and witches is, is full banger. So we've got a three quarter banger, one quarter professor hater. Wow. And my it's goodness, is that an u- ugly looking hybrid? Send that one straight to the sewers. <laughs> three quarter banger. That's really, that's that's pretty amazing. Good yeah. job. Um, yeah, I'm evening it out. I'm just calling this one a Dalek and it's more of a Dalek uh, buffet, Dalek smorgasbord, something like that, just because there's so much to choose from in terms of what you can enjoy, not necessarily because there's a lot of Daleks in it. Hmm. You can enjoy, you know, Missy and her chewing the scenery and having all those great scenes with Clara. You can enjoy the Dalek lore that's introduced where she's put in the Dalek and all the emotions come out as exterminate, um, which is kind of neat. By the way, I thought that was great. Thought the fact her her little line about them screaming exterminate to to actually recharge was a bit of nonsense, um, but you know whatever I'll take it. Um, but there's also like great stuff with Capaldi and his performance. Uh, you can even call in you know if if you're into it, you can enjoy Colony Sarf and the Cantina scene that you get and oh, sort of the Cantina scene. Yeah, we do. Yeah, that it was total rip off of Star Wars. Um, and and, and yeah. you know, avowedly so, almost like he might almost had the the modal notes playing in the music in the background. Anyway, sorry. So it's a Dalek. No, it's all it's a it's a it's a very good Dalek. I don't think it's a Dalek Emperor. I do think again what I said early on. I got it off my chest right away. But the fact that there's this, they play up the Doctor being five steps ahead of Davros. Uh, I really do think undermines the emotional center of the episode. So I wish they wrote it in a way that they didn't do that. Uh, then I might have even agreed with you. It would have at least been a banger hybrid, if not an outright banger. But as it is, I've just got to give it a Dalek. Right. So that's okay. my thing. So the final rating is this this absurd and uh, weird-looking hybrid is 50% Dalek, uh, <laughs> one-eighth Professor Hater, and, and the rest banger, whatever that is. <laughs> it's uh, three-eighths. Okay. <laughs> three eights banger three eights bang. yes you're right okay so yeah that that's an ugly ass hybrid but oh my god there, there it yeah. is uh it'll definitely be high up in our rankings when we do our next top 100 uh, well call me call me captain of the ick but i really want to run from this hybrid and we got to get away and uh figure out where we're going next so let's activate the randomizer that's right, the randomizer. Oh, before we do that, though, guys, vote if you're on Spotify. We just voted on The Witch is Familiar and The Magician's Apprentice. Now it's your turn. Vote in our poll. Is it a banger? As Chris says, it's three quarters of. Is it a Dalek? As I said, it's 100% of. Is it one of the other ratings? Maybe it's a Cassandra. Maybe it's a full professor hater. Maybe it's a fixed point in time for you. Go ahead and vote now, and we'll report on those in a future episode. Right. Now we're going to activate the randomizer. Yes, a future episode in which we'll be in a thoroughly random location. Um, and to find our next random location in the whole canon of stories that is TV's Doctor Who, we have two components. Pete is sitting at the controls of the Codex, which is our list of all Doctor Who stories in sequential order. I'm sitting at the controls of random.org, which is the executor 
which gives us a random number. But first, Pete has to give me the number of stories that we have left to visit. That is 196. Oh, one. You betcha. Nine, six. Wow. Oh, I can taste that 150 that we're not going to get to for a year or more. Um, yes, <laughs> this is fabulous. But of course, we like to issue challenges. By the way, random.org is true bespoke randomness. I forgot to mention that. It is not pseudo randomness, which is what algorithms give us. It's actual randomness, which is atoms bouncing off the bits of invisible scarrow in the atmosphere. Wow, I think I just mashed up uh, the, uh, the Scarra episode with the Tenth Planet there. You should have did uh, that. You should have went with the Hads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the bits of TARDIS floating around the atmosphere while they re- wait to reassemble. So we like to give challenges to this bizarre atmospheric-based randomizer. Um, and uh, re- challenges, requests, requests to a DJ that will thoroughly ignore them, throw them out, and play whatever the hell he wants to play. But I'm going to say... We haven't mentioned it yet. There's there's a new Blu-ray coming up. Um, yeah, there is. Season 15, series 15 of the old show. And there's a uh, there was a, um, a a bit of new footage with Leela in it. There that, was. That goes with the trailer for this. Leela on, on the last day of the Time War. Yeah, find Pete McTie number. That's right. Mm-hmm. With, oh my goodness, that widescreen Tom Baker titles worth watching for that alone absolutely um, not not letterboxed so, so are, gonna, are you asking for season 15 i am i'm saying take us that we haven't had a lot of season 15 as i recall we've had a decent amount so we've done half of it so you're, oh, really? you're asking for <laughs> one of three stories it's either horror of hang rock the sun makers or underworld bring bring them on three i have not seen <laughs> Three, I've I've heard a lot about, and I've sort of like gotten so much prejudice on each one that I'm like, just yeah, it's time. That's, that's well, good. I'm going to go even narrower. Mm. I'm going to say this episode shortchanges the new paradigm Daleks so oh. egregiously. I want to go to a new paradigm Dalek episode, and there aren't that many of those. Isn't that just there's really only one? one proper one, and they appear in a few others, but. <laughs> it's it's basically the Smith era Dalek episodes. Yes, uh, so they're in Asylum. They they're briefly seen in Asylum. Yes, and you also right. see one in the, I think the season ender of of series five. So you see one in like the Pandora opens or something like that. And there might even be there might even be one more uh, where I'm not thinking of where they they have a brief appearance. So go for it, randomizer. Let's have that. <laughs> Very, very specific. Uh, we're, we're both asking for three stories each, interestingly, <laughs> and we've fallen on different sides of the classic and new divide. Uh, so the randomizer has to side with one of us there, unless the coin lands on its edge and we watch the TV movie. Um, so That'd be awesome. <laughs> Here we <laughs> it go. It goes even narrower than we do. Right. That'd be amazing. <laughs> That's the triple yachty. All right, let's see if we're Paul McGann bound or one side or the other. Who does the randomizer like more? Let's find out when you give me the countdown. Four, three, two, one. Whoa, Nelly. 95, it is right on that line. I don't know which one that is. We're at the Curse of Fenric. (gasps) It's McCoy. McCoy. All those other. Finally. Yes, we asked for this. You asked for this. I did. Several cool ago. 
because we have up until now done only one McCoy. That's right. Uh, only Battlefield is in the done column of the McCoy era. So now we're going to have two. We're going to have Curse of Fenric. Wow, this is a meaty one. I actually have the novelization of this one. Nice. So this will be an interesting I, one to do. I've only seen, I think, two episodes of it. So I'm very excited to see how it turns out and uh, whether Nicholas Parsons is in fact evil. All right. Well, I'm excited to see how it turns out when we return next week with... Uh, a big meaty commentary on a big meaty McCoy episode called The Curse of Fenric. Guys, this has been Pulled to Open. It is a podcast. What do you want to do with podcasts? You want to subscribe to them if you haven't already. If you're just encountering us on YouTube or a web embed somewhere, go ahead, follow us, subscribe. It really helps the show. Follow us on the socials. We're at Pull to Open or Pull to Open 63. Leave a review, leave a comment, support the podcast by becoming a true companion on YouTube and get it a day early. Do all the things and we will see you, join you, converse with you, do give you even a little bit of our re- regeneration energy. We're going to do all those things. And we're going to um, do it on the Northumbrian clo- coastline during World War II with vampires. How very exciting a collection. It's the favorite place we like to do it. That's our thing. Themes so far. So we'll see you there. All right. See you folks.